This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now what? But on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us today, Chad and Noah from the Red Half of Sheffield podcast. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Good afternoon. Doing pretty well. It is uh, just afternoon here in sunny California. And um, yeah, enjoying my day so far. So California, why, why are we talking to Sheffield United fans in California and North Carolina? Well, um, if you want, I can go first here. Um, I became a Sheffield United fan in 2008. I was working at a summer camp on the East Coast in Massachusetts, and um, my bunkmate was a lad called Phil, and he was a massive Sheffield United fan. He showed me a few clips on a rudimentary version of YouTube, um, including the singing of the Greasy Chip Buddy song. Ah, there you go. (laughs) You know, to hear... (laughs) 20 some odd 28,000 Sheffield United fans belting that out. I mean, like we, I'd never experienced anything like that. And I wasn't a fan really of football at the time, but I was like, man, if I'm going to support a team, this is the team I want to support. And here we are 14 some odd years later. And uh, I, it's been a wild journey, but I love every second of it. Mine's not quite as long as Noah's. I originally uh, started out as a, Chelsea fan believe it or not but because that was that was over here in the states that's all we could get I didn't know anything about the championship or league one or league two and so I just jumped on the wagon you know winning leagues winning champions league the whole deal like I was a uh, very higher up in the Chelsea in America hierarchy and when they started to almost monopolize the American market and the price of shirts went up to $130. And, Ooh. and just, it was just, it the club turned into all about money. I was like, I kind of gave them the double birds and I was like, you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs> great, great so, <laughs> so I, I found this little old club 
bottom of League One at the time, Sheffield United. I loved their logo. I started doing my research and I started I started following them. And then we got promoted from League One and had a 100-point season and then got into the championship and then progressed through the championship and got promoted to the Premier League. And I was like, okay, yeah. So I, that's how I became a fan. And it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster in the what, five or six years that I've been a, a supporter, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It, there's there's nothing better than being a Blades fan, obviously. We're on a Watford podcast, but, I mean, hey, in my, my eyes, it's, better, it's the best to be the Blades. You, you mentioned there about, you know, obviously people following Chelsea and kind of jumping on bandwagons or what have you. Uh, obviously, the, the the EPL, as I think it's called there, gets a lot of exposure. Um, mm. have, have, have fans, because there's no reason why you should necessarily flock to one club and necessarily stay there when you haven't got that locality. Are more of those fans now looking for a more authentic football experience and Noah by the way great use of the word football rather than soccer just flowed in there didn't even didn't even break stride it was yeah, wonderful yeah. Well done. So, it's football it, uh, it it's football it will forever be football excellent this is why we chose to speak to you lads you see yeah. sensible 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 yeah, abs- absolutely we're, we're we're nothing if not xenophobic at the heart of everything <laughs> um, but, uh, are, are you kind of but have you found that following united a more authentic experience. I mean, you mentioned Chip Butty song, etc. How much of that kind of comes through stateside? And then the final question on that bit is, have you managed to get this side of the pond and, and got to any games yet? Chad, you want to go first? And then I'll give my answer. Yeah, I, I mean, because there's a pub probably about 30 minutes away from me that I used to go and watch all the Chelsea games at. And then obviously becoming a United fan, I kind of stepped back and like would survey. Well, there's in, in the bigger cities over here, you don't have your, you have like small groups of like what, when, when Watford was in the, in the premier league, they'd have a small group of fans. They'd have, you've got a, a couple of guys that support Southampton. So it's the smaller clubs, but it's, it's the mentality of almost like the American sports fan. They always want to be on top right. and mostly want to follow a winner like year in and year out. So I find, a good majority of those supporters being your likes of Man City and Liverpool and Chelsea and Tottenham and, and teams that, you know, necessarily compete and finish towards the top of everything. And it's like, that's no fun. When you ask them about name a team in the EFL championship, they're like, what is that? And it's like, I, I often pose this question to the so-called diehard you know, big six club supporters. I said, to this day, right now, if your team were to get relegated to the championship, would you support them? And, and of course, everyone will say, oh, yeah, 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 100%. I doubt that. That's why I, I almost kind of wished Everton would have got relegated last year. Us, to see well a said, club well that, said, well us said, too. Of, yeah, of us that too. magnitude. You and me both, yeah. Yeah, that's to, <laughs> to see if they would support their team in the second division. And the answer over here is a simple no. Everybody else would try and jump on somebody else's bandwagon. It's crazy to find me and me and Noah have both figured out that, you know, by reaching out to people and getting our names out there, there's a lot of expats that are over here that are Blades fans. It's surprising. Mm. And, you know, they're we don't make our voice known as big as like the big six teams. But we still got like a good core group of people over here that support the Blades. And it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. On the second part of your question, I will actually be over in two weeks from 
two weeks from Thursday, I'm going to see the Blades play Millwall. They're at Bramall Lane, and I will actually be stopping in London for oh, part of my trip. So I'll be on, for about 10 days, yeah. Right, okay. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in contact. We'll see if we can um, – because – I don't know what your geography is like of, of the UK, but we are we are north northish London, so we are you know we're not far from from London at all. So yeah, that that'd be cool. So we'll we'll, we'll try and do something. That'd be awesome. Cool. Dude. Maybe maybe depending on what's happening, maybe even get you to a Watford game. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd do it. Yeah, a hundred hundred percent in a heartbeat. The only thing is, I gotta I gotta um somehow trick the girlfriend into saying we're going to we're just. We're going to beautiful Watford. We're, We're going to lovely. Go. Don't, don't worry. Leave that. Leave that with Carl. He has tricked many women in his time. That's fine. <laughs> I can sort that. Don't worry. <laughs> the next five years, I think, are going to be key for growing the sport of football in the United States. Um, mm. Obviously, MLS um, across the board attendances are up, and people are starting to flock to the sport. The 2026 World Cup is going to be absolutely huge for the sport like in the United States. And I think we will see over time that this sport will overtake the likes of hockey. It will take overtake the likes of maybe even baseball. The only sports I don't think it will overtake are basketball and American football. Um, but with that being said, you know, I, I do start to, I, I do think that we are starting to see a shift um, from people who are wanting and like you said a more authentic experience supporting um you know maybe a smaller club because in my opinion the championship is one of the most competitive leagues in all of football mm -hmm. and it's always exciting you can never we're going to do our our own preseason podcast probably later today and um you can never predict what the final table is going to look like i mean i look at my table from last year and i think i got like three or four positions exactly correct but the rest up and down like who would have thought that Luton had would have the season that they did last Boo. season so well, you yeah. can't you can't you can't say that name to us I know I, yeah. I, I know you've done your research there yeah. Noah you've done your That's, research there I know <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're spot on with what you're saying though the championship as as we describe it here in the UK is is bonkers it's an absolute bonkers league uh, anybody um, teams that are coming up from League One can can really push on as that lot up the road did, and the, and the teams that, that drop in from the Premier League can struggle. So it makes a real a real good mix, um, and it, it, it's so hard to call. And I, and I think when we look at first game of the season with us, uh, Watford versus Sheffield United, Watford just coming down from the Premier League, so probably on paper should be the favourites. Sheffield United with a rich history, you know, a massive football club in the UK um, and in terms of support and, and Yorkshire um, it, it is, a, is a huge football hotspot, you know, for all the teams that go through there. And you've, you've got the other team in Sheffield as well, obviously Wednesday, who are on a... Yeah, exactly. But they're, they're they're going the other way, really. They're they're on a real sort of challenging time at the moment. Where do you kind of and and I guess you guys being in America and I, and I, and I think it's it's really important to say it's it's actually really refreshing to hear what you've just said there about not wanting to be part of that big six and and, and so forth, because Watford struggle geography wise of being a, a fairly small team um, in and around London that have the likes of Chelsea. Arsenal, Tottenham. So trying to draw in supporters is is, is, is very difficult. And we, we've actually been very fortunate to have a player, uh, Jay Demerit, who you may or may not know, who was captain of the United States of America. So we, we've actually spoken to, to Jay and Jay 
touches on what what you said that the the World Cup and so forth is going to be huge for the United States in, in terms of trying to turn that over and trying to really get football moving. Where do you kind of see the L- M- the MLS in the next sort of five or six years in, in terms of the players and our, um, and managers even now? You know, Wayne Rooney that's just, just gone into it. Because I, it's always kind of been seen, I guess, as a, a bit of, I don't want to re- disrespect it, retirement league, dare I say it, where yeah. as a, as a, as a, but I, I think from a, from the Americans and, and the guys that obviously run the MLS, they want more. Where do you guys kind of see where, where the league's going to be in the next sort of five, five, 10 years? I think we're getting more competitive as far as the MLS is concerned. I, I'm a supporter of the Los Angeles Galaxy. I have been a Los Angeles Galaxy supporter for quite a while. Um, and you know, like you said, it, it has that sort of stigma of being this retirement league. And to some degree, it still is by virtue of the club spending like massive amounts of money for big names to, you know, get people through the door. But that's not what brings people through the door. You know, what brings people through the door is a winner. So if you bring in, bring someone in, in the transfer market who is going to produce um, and get you to the MLS Cup um, and or get you to the CONCACAF Champions League final, like as we saw the Seattle Sounders do, and they won the whole thing, um, you know, that's what people flock to. They flock to a winner here in the United States by virtue of what Chad was just saying, you know, with with United, with uh, Yank supporters um, of these big six teams. The reason they support the, the teams is because they win. So, you know, just in summation, um, rather than bringing in massive names, they need to be bringing in talented young players who they can continue to develop um, and push on for win, like to to win the league, to win all of MLS. You're right in what you say that there is a start of that now where they do want to bring in uh, young talent. Just um, just moving it slightly back to uh, the championship and, and, and Sheffield United. Not to spoil your um, your upcoming podcast that you're probably going to record later today. Where in your I guess head and heart is what we sort of say. I mean, myself and Justin did a, a bit of a prediction before the Premier League last season, and I'm sure Pete, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Peter's got something lined up for us this season. Where, <laughs> where we, we we basically predicted where we were going to get the points off and kind of our um our, our finishing point. But where do you guys see Sheffield United season going this year? Oh man, this is this is a tough one because this is head and heart on mine, and I am like a pessimistic. <laughs> you know, we've just got we we've just got beat yesterday in our last preseason friendly by Barnsley two one, mm, and it's that, like, yeah. oh my god, all the signs are pointing to man, this is going to be a, a disappointing season. It, it's not going to be the best season that you know. If you read into anybody that's starting to release their one through twenty four, you know, standing league league table standings, you know, they have the blades up near the top. I mean, they have us in the playoffs and if not competing for automatic promotion and my heart wants to say we'll finish probably about third to fifth. My head wants to say at the moment right now uh, that our team is probably about eighth to 10th is where I would say. I'm in the same boat as Chad, Um, you know, based on the preseason and with the current side that we have, we're seeing the deterioration of some, you know, key players for us in the past. John Egan has not looked quite like himself. Um, Chris Basham, you know, he 
he's always been there. It seems yeah. like he's been with the club since 2015, um, back when we were still in League One. And I mean, you know, he's just that little engine that could, but he's getting up there in age. Uh, you know, we brought in um, this Anel Ahmed Hadzic in the off season uh, to sort of fill in for Basham. He's looked great, and I. For my money, I think he starts on day one. But with the club that we have right now, with no Rita Kadra in through the door, because that's, I mean, what, is that going to happen? Is it not going to happen? As of this moment, you know, we have not signed him. And we have we are notorious, notorious for dropping the ball on transfers at the last minute. Um, so with no Rita Kadra, I'm inclined to agree with Chad as far as my head is concerned. Uh, seventh or eighth, um, my heart, you know, and especially if we bring Rita Kadra in through the door is playoffs. And maybe finally, finally, uh, we can get the monkey off of our back and win the playoffs. But to this point, since the playoffs have been a thing, we've not done done so in spite of making it several times. <laughs> How are you with regard to historically, if you do lose the playoff final? And sorry, we go back to the middle of May and Forrest got the better of you. That sometimes has a hangover. Is that something you feel you can get past reasonably easy or is that is that a concern for you? I think when people talk about, you know, sort of superstitions, uh, as far as second season syndrome for United, that turned out to be very true, obviously, in the Premier League. Um, yeah, people say after you get to the playoffs, um, you can have a really poor season the following year if you don't go up through the playoff. But mm-hmm. um, I think the team is strong enough to, at the very least, be entertaining and make a run for it. And I don't expect any lower finish than eighth with the team that we have. And we have to see what we have because we've brought in some new players and mm-hmm. you just don't know how they're going to gel obviously last season with the exception of bringing in morgan gibbs white we had largely largely the same team that we had that uh that second season in the premier league um but this year we've seen uh you know some some folks go down with injuries uh um and some some of our players have moved on david mcgoldrick lisa say who i i would have driven you know to another club anyway uh but it'll be really interesting It's It'll brilliant really to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> ex Bournemouth. Well done. Well yes, said. Well done. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to think of some classic matches between us and Sheffield United. There was, there was one um, under Boothroyd where I think we beat them four one. Henderson and King had a massively great mm. game. That would have been 2006. Didn't they also come to us and have two men sent off within the in the first half? And they were ex Watford players, Henderson and Lee Lee Williamson. Lee, Lee Williamson. Williamson. That yeah. was it. Yeah, that was a strange old game as well. When uh, two ex Watford players that were playing for Sheffield United got sent off in the first half. That was a bit bizarre. Can you think of any other classic games between us and Sheffield United? Classic ones. Uh, there, there was one game where uh, it was my grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary. Uh, my grandparents lived not far from a town in in uh, Bedfordshire. I think um, I know this uh, town. I think I yeah, know the yeah. town you're referring to. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's, it's outside of that. And uh, at, at midday, they had their 60th wedding anniversary ceremony in a church, and then they all kind of shuffled into this quaint little church hall, you know, kind of thing. And uh, I, I left and came back to uh, uh, drove drove back about 20 miles to watch Watford nil, Sheffield United nil, <laughs> before returning to said party where everybody went. Where have you been? I've been to the football. Uh, that was the most notable one. It was nil-nil, and most people were still jealous of me. So there you go. There you go. There you Fantastic. go. I just, I just looked up a statistic, and this is kind of fascinating. Before we played you home and away in the 2019-2020 season, we had not played Watford since 2011. That was the game where amazing. we had two guys sent off, I think. 
I'm pretty yeah. sure that was that game. Yeah, incredible. Did we have Danny. Did we have Danny Weber we, from Sheffield United, or did he go to Sheffield? I can't remember. We had how Danny it, Weber from Man United. I think. Man United, and he went yeah. to Sheffield United, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. The, the 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 most famous player, and I'm sorry, I'm, I appreciate I'm going old, old, old here because I'm going back to the 70s. Is Tony Curry, yes. who is who is a Sheffield United legend, a, absolute, <laughs> absolute legend. legend. Yep. You know, we we are talking Luther Blissett level top table hierarchy born in chesham came through and played for the club joined watford played for us for a short while and uh and played for played for the blades and and at, also at leeds united for a little bit as well but uh yeah no he he's probably we don't talk uh, about that he's probably top of the three <laughs> see this yorkshire rivalry you, thing goes all the way to california across the pond you bring out the luton comments but you don't like the away game so much <laughs> <laughs> What's your um, what's your guys' expectation? Just as a, I guess an outsider looking in to, to Watford, and obviously last season was a disaster for us, and we're we're in a um, quite a change period, I would say, in, in terms of um, what's going on behind the scenes at the club. So, what, what what's kind of your outlook on on Watford as a team and as as a potential, I guess, sort of rival in the in the division for for the top six? Correct me if I'm wrong here, but you haven't had uh, you know a lot of players going out really right i mean hernandez went out for you to, He's, to mls yeah mls yeah. yeah columbus columbus crew yeah yeah um and sissoko went went to nantes right no not yeah 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 it's 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 france they they just take the words and kind of make up what they sound like that's what <laughs> yeah, it's like. yeah never trust the french <laughs> no no it's a, it's a it's a it's a thing we live by that phrase I, but i mean with with you know with that being said you know, I personally have you lot finishing top three. I don't know if it's going to be an autos or not, um, but at least third. Um, and, you know, I, I think you could be up there with Norwich come the end of the, the season. Yeah, a few people have said Norwich. I, I got a sneaky suspicion Norwich might struggle this year. I, I don't know why. They're just, they haven't invested or reinvested like they normally do. And I know it's a short window. But they, they, their general tactic is to go and buy all the decent championship players that didn't go up the following season and then go up with them. Um, yeah. And they, they haven't done that this season. So I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not, not sure on Norwich. I think Burnley, Burnley could be, if, if Mr. Uh, Vincent Company gets that right up there with, with their business, I think they could be a, um, the team to beat. But yeah, it's really, as a Watford supporter, and I was uh, myself and Peter were, were at a pre-season friendly yesterday against Southampton. Defensively, we played all right. Going forward, we played all right, but we didn't score any goals. We didn't concede any goals. So it's hard to really judge what's changed for us at the moment. It's it's all a little bit, we'll see how we go. But it, the championship is a long, long, hard season. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and anything can happen in it. So, yeah, God knows. Yeah. the famous sloping pitch podcast we're following the greatest show on earth but would you like pitch side seats for all the action in qatar the heat the goals the drama well so would we but why not join me nick hancock in stoke-on-trent and co-host chris england in london's sw16 every game live from england the famous sloping pitch podcast we think this tournament could be okay sport social and they schedule us up for a Monday. God, yeah, that opening yeah, game on a Monday. Rubbish. I mean, I I go home the way. Um, so the the that Monday's fine. It's at home. It's, you know, I live sort of 10, 15 minutes away, not a problem. And then the following Monday, I've got to go to West Brom. 
on, oh, a, on a Monday no. night. Yeah, in the mid, in mm. the deepest, darkest black country. It's just like, oh, don't, I don't, don't fancy that. Um, but our first Saturday game, I know our first Saturday away game is Preston North End. Yeah. Um, which is around about six weeks, I think I looked since six, six weeks before we have a normal sort of Saturday away day. It's bonkers. Yeah, it and seemed to cool. be it, it seemed to be the same for us last year. It, I mean, we we went what a, a stretch of like a month and a half, Noah, without a, a Saturday 3 p.m. kick. Yeah. Yep. We had like yep. Friday night early kickoff Saturday morning, Monday afternoon. It's like and it's because of it's because of the ridiculous broadcasting rules in the UK, you, you know, mm. like, uh, I mean, th- those games, they want to select the bigger games for Sky Sports. So I think we were featured on Sky, what, Chad, like t- maybe 20 times last season? Yeah, we a lot of our games were, especially down the backside of the business end of the season, it seemed like almost every week we were getting picked up for Sky. I think in April and May, I think we had, there was probably only two or three mm-hmm. games that we had on our own uh, Sheffield United streaming service. So yeah, get used to it. It's, well, you guys, you guys have known from, from the past, but it's just, I wish they would just make everybody's kickoff Saturday, 3 PM, same kickoff. Don't do this early kickoff Monday after or Monday night football, Friday night football. All it is for ratings. And over here, that's, those are the only games that get streamed over here because we have a streaming website through ESPN. I was I was going to ask how how do you pick the, the the games up over there? Yeah, so ESPN does the picks up the games that Sky broadcasts, like the the twelve thirty kickoff Saturday morning. They'll spotlight one at the three ki- or three p.m. kickoff Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning here, and then we have the Monday night if there's a the a championship game Monday night, and then obviously the Friday night game. But aside from that, every other game that the Blades play that's not picked up by Sky, we have our own SUTV, which is... Proprietary streaming service, yeah. Absolutely it's, it's garbage. garbage. But, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, is it we, bad? Okay. We, oh, yeah. So, so yesterday we did a live stream for our final preseason game with the Chef United Way, which is, I'd say, the largest... Um, and most followed uh, YouTube channel for Sheffield United. And last year they were doing live streams um, for the games that they couldn't get to either home or away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did, and so we're going to be taking over the watch alongs this year. And in the middle of us trying to, you know, get the stream going, basically it just completely shuts down. We get locked out of the, <laughs> out of the service. Yeah. Um, and I had to go in and pay seven quid, an additional seven quid. quid on, I love it. Yeah. Quid. Fantastic. You have spent far too much time around English people. Chad, 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 I'm really sorry, but Noah is winning this by a country mark. There's football. There was Leeds United boo. I mean, that's that's good. And then quid. Come on. Fantastic. I'm loving this. done well there. (laughs) Next, he'll be saying pavement instead of sidewalk and well, there's, that, instead of track there's that but it'll be going hey up lad how are you I, lad? Lad. <laughs> I, I spell oh. room i spell rumor with an ou as well fantastic <laughs> we're loving this we're loving this yeah this is great stuff chad you're gonna love going to sheffield because you're gonna go and i you, you this is england you do speak english right and it's just gonna get confusing <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time i've got a bunch of uh well, now, now you guys, I'll let you know. I'll let you know because I'll be in London 
I land in London and stand in London for one night and then taking the train early Saturday morning up to Sheffield for Sheffield United Millwall. And then I'm going to spend two days in Sheffield. You, I was going to say, you're not coming back to say because you will be on that train with all the Millwall fans no, who, have, no. who have a particular record in the UK. Yeah. He's been well, warned. He's been warned. Yeah, I've been, nor- I've been warned numerous, numerous times, but I'm hoping I get the early – on the 8.30 out – 8.30 out of London King's Cross train yeah. north. So I'm hoping I get away from all the Millwall supporters and hopefully they're not coming up that time. I'm a little ti- I'm yeah. a little timid to wear, should I just wear casual clothes? Yeah, and don't wear up? your colors. Don't wear your colors. Yeah, yeah don't that's, wear your colors. that's what I was going to do. I was just going to yeah, yeah. just go naturally up there to Sheffield, check into the hotel, put my Blade stuff on, and then go amongst the Blade supporters. But yeah. I'll be in Manchester and Liverpool for two days, and then I'm coming back to London Thursday, Friday, and I'm flying out of Heathrow on Saturday. So I have two you, days you can in go, London. You can go to the Watford Burnley game. Is that the Friday? That, yeah, that's, that's Friday fr- the 12th. Oh, there you go. Right. Chat, I've got you a ticket. I've got you a Perfect. ticket. So yeah, we'll so well. You can come to that game, and we'll see you there. We'll see you there. Yeah. I'll get you a ticket. And we hate Burnley, so that'll, yeah, be, exactly. that'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. 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 There you go. <laughs> Question, guys. One, one more question, because obviously, bearing in mind your 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 tenure supporting the club, what do you make of Paul Heckenbottom, your manager? Especially, is is he stepping out of the shadow of Chris Wilder? Are you pleased with him? What what's your take on him? Well, what I I think what what should have happened, and what pisses me off the most from the the club, is we put Hecky in charge at the back half of the the our final season of the Prem. And he's almost like a relief manager in the end of the season. Then we hired Jokanovic. And Jokanovic playing that was like watching paint dry. And he was brilliant for us. He was our manager for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did he did wonders for you guys, but we didn't have the players to support his system. Yeah. And so I feel like if we would have just kept Hecky in charge, we would have went up probably in second place. We would have probably beat Bournemouth out because we were behind the eight ball when Hecky took over. We we were helping Forrest prop up the bottom of the table at the time when Hecky took over. We couldn't win to save our lives. Couldn't score a goal to save our lives. And then Hecky takes over and we go unbeaten for God knows how long. Right around Christmas, we beat we beat Fulham. And then we went on a run where we didn't concede. We were beating teams. We were beating teams we were supposed to be. We were beating playoff teams. And then it was just – and then we ran into Forrest in the playoffs. But it's like a little bit too late on sacking Jokanovic and hiring back Hecky, when we should have kept him in charge and we would have went up automatically, I'd still to this day believe we would have went up automatically. Same. I I, I mean, Chad Chad said it, didn't he? Um, the, if we had just gone with Hecky from the beginning and Lord knows how much money the club played Joe, uh, paid Jokanovic to, to come in. Um, but if we had just uh, gotten Hecky through the door to begin with, maybe use some of that money that we paid Jokanovic on transfers, I mean, who knows what would have happened. Um, and I, I'm inclined to agree with Chad. It's entirely plausible that we could have gone up automatically. I think this season he is going to be under a, a bit of a, a microscope because I think on paper, we're definitively a better team than we were even at the end of last season. So there is pressure to succeed this year. Um, we've already told you based on the premier, uh, I'm sorry, on the uh, preseason that, you know, we're a little bit uh, hesitant to, 
to put us into obviously an automatic or even a playoff um, position come the end of the season at this point. But with that being said, at least on paper, our team is better than it was this time last year. And, and more to Noah's point, too, I think it has to do because we're bringing most of our players. Well, we've only bought one player this season. We bought everybody else that's come through the door has been on loan. So I think our our owners are a little tight on their wallet and don't want to splash the cash. And we had an absolute world beater of a, of a player that we brought in on loan from uh, Wolves <laughs> last year. Morgan Gibbs White. We coined the yeah. phrase, and his nickname was the law firm because over here, Morgan Gibbs White sounds like it would be a law firm associates. <laughs> so we absolutely, they say to never fall in love with a loan player. And God did every supporter of Sheffield United fall in love with that loan player. We almost, it, it was almost like when we like set him off at the end of the season, he said his goodbyes and how much he loved the club. It's like, we wish we had an owner that would splash some cash, but he had such a good season. He, there's no way we can afford him because his his transfer value went through the absolute roof. Everybody in, yeah, in the yeah. Premier League is just wanting, like nipping at Wolves' heels to try and bring him in. I wish we had an owner that would kind of like to splash a little bit of, of cash because I would have liked a player that, that just signed for Burnley, Scott Twine. I mean, they signed him for like <laughs> three, four million quid. Four I mean, million. They yeah, I mean, they didn't – they didn't sign him for much. And it, that's, that is the amount of money we just dumped on our center back. And no, I cannot pronounce his last name. And I met Hodzic. Yeah. 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 That's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Great sounds, like a, sounds like a Mexican <laughs> order of some sort there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a large portion of that, please. I have to be honest, Chad, you just equalized. That was a strong hand. Well played. Very good. Very but, good. I mean, it, it just goes back to, I wish we had an owner that would, come off a couple of million pounds and if we're rumors are that sander berg is gonna go out the door for a good sum of money because there's teams sniffing around him in the premier league so if we can cash in on him maybe we can get a couple players and bring him in but it's just like i think our owner holds the the his hold on to his wallet real tight the worst the worst thing about being a championship team i think sometimes is that because you've got that slightly earlier start and you you know you you've done all your preparation, you've got all your players where you want them. And then you've got teams from the Premier League or, you know, even around Europe coming in and and, and picking off your your best assets. It, it can throw your whole season into, into disarray at, at the very start. We're tied to Udinese in Italy. So our owners, if generally, if any players leave, they just move them to Udinese. And then we get them back two or three years later when they're broken and rubbish. <laughs> And that, that, that's kind of how it how it all pans out for us. But um, yeah, I, I, I can see Sheffield United. They're they're really on the on the the cusp of something. Whether they they roll the dice, spend some money, and push for the Premier League, or they kind of just stay safe at the moment. It, it's it's a tough. I guess as a, as an owner, it must be a, a, a tough you know act to, to try and work out how you're gonna how you're gonna plan the next four or five years at your football club i've said that we have to kind of have to go up this season you know one way mm -hmm. or another we really have to go up this season because i do think maybe not in the next year but in the next three years we could be in dire financial straits granted we did get a couple off the the roles who um were just way overpaid i mean we were way overpaying lise Mousse, who was yeah. just absolute garbage for us um and you know he put on like what like two stone or something like that like in the last uh year yeah. 
so like yeah he i mean yeah he that just was a didn't waste. look the same he didn't look nah, the same no 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 two stone that's just a good meal as far well as i'm interested as well that you used the phrase two stone and not 28 pounds as well which is a, oh, another thing as well this is good <laughs> very very good we're, 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 we're practically drawing you back across the atlantic from the mayflower yeah. and all sorts here aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. well right. there's, there's there's something else I'd, uh, I'd like to just quickly ask you guys um according to wikipedia sheffield united have got a number of celebrity supporters uh i want to see if you guys know who these guys are so uh, let's start with sean bean do you know who oh. sean bean is of course of course <laughs> we just- we actually, what about a month, month and a half ago, did a podcast. Encourage you guys to go back and listen to it because I don't know if you've seen when Saturday comes. Yes. Yep. Well, from yep. American point of view, we break it down and it's absolutely hilarious. It's our most popular podcast. You guys <laughs> okay. will bust out laughing. Okay. All right. We'll, yeah. We'll We're check it out. Yeah. Um, go give it a go give it a listen. Fantastic. Joe Elliott. Oh, no. <laughs> blank faces. Def Leppard singer. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they're okay, from okay. they're from Sheffield. Yeah, uh, Jessica Ennis Hill. Have you heard of her? Yeah, I have. I don't know where from, but I know the name. She, Isn't she one of the stands? She Jessica has got Ennis a stand. Well, she did have okay. a stand. Yeah, uh, Olympic gold medalist, of course. Uh, yeah. uh, Flea. You guys must know Flea, particularly yeah, Noah. Yep. I will be seeing him on Sunday. There you go. Oh, a week from today, a week from today, I'll be seeing him play. Red Hot Chili Peppers bass guitarist, of course. Mick Foley. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, the wrestler. Mick Foley, okay. Double wrestler. WWE superstar. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, Mr. That, Sacco. Okay. Mr. Sacco. Mr. Sacco. That's actually why he became a Sheffield United supporter. Fun fact. Um, so Billy Sharp did the Mr. Sacco celebration, basically, and you know he, it was tweeted at Mick Foley, and then he came out to Bramall Lane um, and just kind of you know gave the fans a wave, and um, they set him up really nicely, and he's been a Sheffield United supporter ever since. There Bomb. you go. There you go. There you go. I have I have no idea who you've just been talking about, but in fairness, I brought Tony Curry to the party, so. I'm quite happy to sit there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, also famous uh, Sheffield United fan, Paul Heaton. Do you know Do you know who that is? The Beautiful Where South. Have you heard of The Beautiful yeah, South yeah. and he's The House Martins? Yeah, he's a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just heard his name, re- I think, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Check out The Beautiful South. They're, they're a great band. Uh, Ding Junhui. Have you heard of Ding Junhui? <laughs> Okay, no. he's, uh, he's I, swear a, I, I swear I had that yesterday. Professional snooker player. Mark Labette, he's uh, uh, off the chase, which you guys wouldn't know. Michael Palin, of course. Michael Palin? Of course. Oh, there you go. Monty Python. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. there we are. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and finally, Although I've heard he also supports the Pigs. Too, no. So I don't, he's, I, he's Sheffield Wednesday. He is definitely Sheffield Wednesday. Not Absolutely. according to Wikipedia. Okay, <laughs> right. all right. When, well, ha- when has Wikipedia ever been wrong? <laughs> yes. Listen, listen I'm just, I'm just, I'm just looking it up, mate. I don't know. So we're we're going to ask for sources. There, we need I you to cite your sources. We need to get this sorted, and we need to get <laughs> Wikipedia correct. I think is what we need to do. Trust me, this shambles is is actually quite well organised for us. So uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and finally, one Sebastian Veron apparently is a Sheffield United fan as well, the uh, former Argentinian footballer. So there you go. You're in good company. Uh, we've got Elton John, of course, so I think yep. that beats all of you guys uh, quite nicely. There. Uh, we've also got a Friends star as well, thanks to Mr Chris Stark. Oh, yes, yes of course, yes. Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Who was who was once handed a shirt and we went, Yeah, that's close yeah, enough. Yeah, she's a what <laughs> And also Mila Kunis as well, I think he um, Mila Kunis as well. Indoctrinated yeah. into the ways of Watford. So there you go. Well I think I think before we uh, before we wrap this up, um it would only be uh, right and proper to um to get a score prediction off of uh, Chad and Noah as well for the big game a week Monday. So uh let's pick on Chad first because Chad looks like he, he needs picking on. So, Chad, uh, <laughs> score prediction, my friend, for Watford versus Sheffield United. Don't worry, we won't judge you. But if you do come to the Burnley game and you are horrifically wrong, I will remind you. <laughs> uh, let's see. I will go with 1-1. I can't see anything, but I can't see either of these sides. I mean, it's the first game of the season. There's going to be mm. so much hype behind this. Can either one of these teams get automatically promoted? I think it's just you guys get a goal early, and then we come back and get a goal, I don't know, probably around the 60th minute, 65th minute, and just it finishes level. I think it's just it's a big feeling out process because it's this season's so long, 46 games. I mean, you can't decide anything off of one game. So I think I'll settle with a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with Chad. I, I see it as a tough sort of feeling out process. And I can see us scoring first and then uh, you, you lot coming back in the second half. I'll like, take 1-1, one, one, to be honest with you. After I'll, I'll season, take 1-1 one, one off you I'll now. I'll take 1-1 yeah. one, one straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Just to see us score a goal at Vicarage Road would be fantastic after last season, I'll tell well, you. Well, what, we get, what we're going to do, guys, is take your predictions and we're going to get predictions from Carl and Justin. And then we're going to have predictions against each game as we go through the season. So you will be part of the rest of the league. Sometimes it will also be Watford fans when we just can't be bothered to ring somebody from Luton for a prediction. Um, <laughs> and then so it's going to be the rest of the world versus Carl and Justin, which is going to be very good. Bearing in mind last year's prediction was shite. Yeah, we were oh, yeah, dreadful. Yeah, horrific. And horrific that's a good Yorkshire shite, word as well, shite. That's a very shite good Yorkshire very good. word. Yeah, use that one when you're up there. Oh, these chips are shite. They'll, uh, they'll yeah. know that you're local <laughs> if you say that, definitely. One one of our favourite, what, what is described as a four-letter word, which is a swear word, and they made it a five-letter word because <laughs> four What's was simply not enough. Yeah, <laughs> You had to put that cheeky E on the end. Oh, it yeah. does good yeah. things to the word, I think, in my opinion. The only thing I was going to ask, ask the judge, you mentioned, I was going to ask who would you miss from last Season, but you've already called out the law firm that is Morgan's Gib- uh, Morgan Gibbs White. Who do you predict now is going to be the star for Sheffield United this season? It's a good question. And um, without a doubt, I believe it's going to be Illumin and Jaye. Um, he was very creative and just getting into form when the season ended. Uh, he had, I think, three goals in four games to kind of close out the season. So he was really brilliant for us. And he was largely overshadowed by the law for Morgan Gibbs White um, just because <laughs> they played in a very similar position. They play that attacking center midfield role. And I think he has got big shoes to fill in those of the now uh, departing uh, Morgan Gibbs White. If he can get some, if we can get balls through the midfield and into his feet, he's our most creative player. Um, and then look out for Rian Brewster as well. I predict Rian Brewster will have know, a yeah. very good year for us. It will be about time because he's kind of uh, flattered to deceive for a little while, isn't he? Okay. Chad, Chad, that's what that's what I was about to say is Rian Brewster because if at the end of the season he hasn't scored a good lot of goals, I'm going to have the bus warmed up up outside of Bramble Lane and just drive him wherever he wants to go because I just can't have another season of him not scoring goals because last year he was getting into good form and then got injured in the middle of the season and then was done for the season. So I'm just curious to see what he would have finished on last year. He's got some goals in preseason and he's got a little bit of momentum. So I'm just really curious 
to see if he can get maybe 15 goals in the league, I'd be happy with. He's got a lot of expectations because that price tag is still weighing so heavy on his name. And so at some point he has to come through and deliver for the Blades. Fantastic. I love the fact I love the fact that you're both so keen to drive players away from Bramble Lane, despite <laughs> despite living, despite living so far. <laughs> we'll get the we'll get the I'll get the rope and throw it to him and I'll pull him across the This <laughs> is good. This is good. By, by the same token are there any Watford players that you think the EFL should be looking out for this season Emmanuel oh I don't want to get his name wrong Dennis Emmanuel Dennis, Dennis. Yeah. Emmanuel yeah. yeah yeah okay I had it right yeah but he's rumored to be going out we don't know we're we still waiting to he, find he, out him and uh, Islamasar are supposed to both be going out but those will two be those would be two world beaters in the championship if, yeah. if both of those players stay for Watford I mean, there shouldn't be any reason why you guys don't go up automatically because those two players cannot be in the championship and not do good unless they have, obviously, aside from injury spells. But those two players, Saar and Dennis, are I, uh, 100%. Those are the most dangerous players you guys I'd have. suggest there are somewhere between 35 million and 50 million reasons why they may not start the season. Um, <laughs> but, but but that notwithstanding, yeah, no, they are. They, they could potentially really be something. So we'll wait and see how it goes. All right. I'm Paul Robinson, or Robbo, in your eyes, and you are listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Chad and Noah, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Very unusual to be speaking to Sheffield United fans the other side of the pond, particularly with uh, uh, Noah being eight hours behind. Uh, must be coming up for one o'clock in the afternoon over there. It's all very strange. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for coming on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.